The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, they're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. Uh, on the line is AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, dude. What's going on? Not, not too much. Watching the Cubs and the White Sox on ESPN right now. Uh, nice, my first, nice. My first look at. Uh, Mankata on TV here. The first time I'll be seeing him. So good stuff. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, so yeah, tonight we're going to be going through the the running back strategy or running back. Sorry, strategy. The running back preview for the 2017 fantasy football season. And um, say we just. Just get right on into it, actually, here, and uh, get the show rolling, because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, before we do that, though, bring on our guest. If you all listened to us before, you know him very well. Writes for the site, fantasy6pack.net. He has his own podcast, The Fantasy Edge. Uh, Richard Seville. What's going hey, on, man? You there? Hey, nice to be back on the show. Yeah, man. Good uh, time, man. Yeah. Always glad to have you on. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So tonight's gonna be the running back preview here, and you know I like to start out every one of these shows with a little bit of how I am planning on attacking the, the running backs generally. And of course, it's always different every single draft I'm in, but generally this year. I'm going to be very aggressive on running backs, I feel like. Um, running backs pretty much destroyed me last year in fantasy. Um, you know, I, I waited and waited and waited, and I know I, I wasn't like a true zero running back strategy, but I was I was pretty close, and I just could never land a good running back. And and it, and it hurt. And, you know, we saw the running backs, you know, obviously the top three blow up um, or blew up last year. Zeke, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, they blew up. But I think something we noticed last year is, is you saw the running game kind of coming back a little bit in not just fantasy, but in the NFL. You know, a lot of teams for years, it felt like, we're just abandoning the run. And last year, I felt like it was kind of the opposite to where they were more relying on it. You know, you had more short yardage runs. You had more goal line runs, uh, red zone runs than, than in years past. And so I feel like because of that, you have to rely more on these running backs. They're not, they're not dead like everybody thought they were. Uh, now, they're not as strong as they were in the early 2000s. Uh, definitely not. You know, the game's changed too much. It is definitely a, still a passing league. Uh, 
Um, but, you know, I don't think we're going to see, like, last year where, oh, what was it, like, three running backs taken last year in the first round, I felt like. This year it's going to be pretty split, probably between the whole first two rounds. Um, and then um, uh, at least that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to split running back receiver between the first two rounds. Uh, in standard leagues, I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even think it's crazy to go running back, running back. I mean, it's they're that important. So um, that's kind of how I'm rolling with with running backs this year. Um, you know, Richard, what, what do you what are you thinking? Well, every draft is different. I mean, depending on where you're placed in the on the on the draft board, and uh, so there's there's not to consider. I I think. Joe, I think there was an overcorrection last season. I think we were. I think uh, I think we overcorrected for the passing game last season, and I think there's. I think it's coming back into a little bit more of a bounce. I think there's. A, I think there's still a little bit more wide receiver heavy drafting, but uh, I think the running backs have come back. Uh, how I'm doing it, as for as for that aspect, uh, generally, you know. If, if I'm in a whatever, whatever, I think I'm kind of looking at having my RB ones and RB two uh, slots. I'd like to, I'd like to see them filled by round five at the latest. Myself. Yeah, I think, um, I think, like Joe said, I, I'm. I mean, it depends on where I'm drafting in the first round, but I, I do think I am going to go pretty heavy into, you know, getting a running back in my first round. Um, I don't know, do you, is anyone else hearing that? Richard, are you hearing that? I'm hearing some warbling. Yeah. Joe, are you hearing this? No, I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Okay, All right. oh, it's gone. Okay. So, anyway, um, t- minor technical difficulties, I guess. So, yeah, I I definitely want to try to get a running back in the first round. Um, I, I think it's – you have to have one. And with all the injuries that we faced last year, it was such a, a nightmare to not have one. So I, I'm trying to find them early and, and as much as possible. Yeah, I just want to add to that, too. Do you remember last season, uh, AJ, maybe it was you or, or Joe, do you remember Tyler Thomas was in our league, and he, I think he said something in our in our chat room saying, all I want for Thanksgiving is a healthy running back. <laughs> so, that doesn't surprise me. Because by Thanksgiving, you know, a lot of, a lot of them have gone down, and uh, you... Uh, you know, you're struggling to get him. I mean, I lost Eddie Lacy, but I, I was lucky enough to pick up Jordan Howard. So I was, you know, managed to skim through, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, lucky to get Jordan Howard is absolutely right. Um, I'm kicking myself in, in a dynasty league last year, drafted him with the third round pick of three rounds in the rookie draft. And, you know, after the two weeks, he didn't see a snap, so I, I cut him. Um, 
we only hold 22 roster spots in that league, so it's not really a deep, deep dynasty like you would hope. So I was forced to cut him. I was killed by injuries early. I, I needed a roster spot, and uh, he was one to go. And, man, he would have been a big, big help for me down the stretch, but oh, well. Anyway, um, so on, on to our, our three questions for this topic. Uh, Richard, we will let you answer first. So the the Zeke update is what we're calling it here. Um, we, we still don't know, which is absolutely crazy. We kind of brought this up last week um, with Sean uh, corner on the on the on the call for the quarterback preview, but I want to get your take as well. Where what are you doing with Zeke now that the suspension is looming? Well, uh, we discussed it last week on our show, and we talked about it. And uh, John and I tend to agree that it's going to be probably two games. Now, that's fine, but you know something? I've got a real problem. I just wish Zeke would quit it with the off-the-field nonsense. Can't he just stop getting tickets, getting car crashes, and beating people up? You know, stuff is just too much stuff going on. It's a distraction. And I don't like it, but I think you still got to draft him high. I think in our rankings, I... I initially dropped him to six, but I I moved him up a little bit to five, and uh, so that's where it stands now with him. But so I, I'm I'm not liking drafting him, but I, I'm dropping him a little bit. I think I would. I think there's other guys inside the top five or six you can take if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I think it's somebody that uh, we we touched on a little bit last week, so I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I mean, he's still going to be uh, a stud running back. You know, depending on how many games he misses, obviously, is going to be the, the, the determining factor. But, you know, if it's a couple of games, you know, I'm not that worried about it. If it's, you know, four games to five games for some reason, then, you know, I might – might be a little more inclined to, to look elsewhere for my first round pick. Um, I, I don't know. So either way, I think uh, we just got to kind of take the wait and see approach and see what happens here. The good thing is that it's happening early. So we'll find, we've got all of August for something to come down. So and then we'll just play it by ear from there, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I did drop him down to six overall. You know, obviously behind Johnson and Bell, but you know, I've got the three the three big receivers over top of him uh, at this point. Um, you know, we the thing I mentioned last week was that everybody let Le'Veon Bell drop last year into the second round, and that ended up being a big mistake. I mean, the guy still ended up being like the number. Five overall, maybe number three overall running back. I forget exactly now. I said it last week. I had the numbers in front of me, but uh, his 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 obviously his per game average was just disgusting. And 
he was probably on a lot of championship teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's something that look if if I had a middle round pick and he fell to me in the in the first round, um, I'm definitely going to take him. So the the next guy that, that we have here on the list to talk about is Marshawn Lynch. And I want to get your take, Richard, on what you think is going to happen with Beast Mode. Is he going to be Beast Mode in Oakland this year? Uh, you know what? I think he will be Beast Mode uh, on, I mean, at least near the goal line for sure. But I can't see them overworking him. I think they want to give him a full 16. And considering his age and he's been out of football, I, you know, at, when he first came in, I was pretty excited uh, that fantasy-wise because he would be, you know, he could he could be a beast mode. But I'm starting to I'm starting to fall back on that a little bit. So. I, I'm scaling back my my uh, my interest in in, in Marshall Lynch. I, I think he still draft him, but I don't think he's just someone you just you you reach for for sure. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be in the end zone because you know you know what the Raiders are like with the bravado and all that. You, you know he's gonna get the you know he's gonna get the touches near the goal line. So you can you can pretty much count on that. I yeah, that did save the the goal line touches did save uh, Latavius Murray's value last year big time. Uh, if it wasn't for the goal line touches and all those touchdowns, Murray would have been pretty terrible. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of Lynch. I love that he's coming back. I think that he's still gonna be a force, definitely at the goal line. I mean. Yeah, they have some other options there, and, and those guys will get some opportunities, I think. But, you know, you got to go back to the Super Bowl that they should have won, uh, and he should have had the ball. He didn't, and they lost. So, to me, I, I just think that that's the, the biggest thing, and I think teams are going to, you know, remember that. But he's going to go and – He's going to prove some people wrong. I think there's going to be some people that just sit on him too much. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he, they've already talked about, you know, kind of keeping his work workload down uh, around what Murray had. So I, I think the key to him will be the touchdown. And – I just I, I just don't know. I mean, they they like those two backup running backs they have. You know, they split time pretty well, and and gave Murray a lot of uh, relief down the down the stretch there last season. So we'll see. I mean, he, he look the the potential is there, and I mean, I, I picked him up in dynasty basically for free. Uh, nobody was paying attention in the off season when waivers were open, and then and I snagged him like a week after he got picked up. I thought I had missed it just. Randomly went in there, checked it, and got him, and was really happy. So, <laughs> um, so Richard, the last guy I've got here is Jay Ajayi. 
And he's a big topic all on Twitter. You see articles all over the place about him. There's yeah. some people that love him. There's some people that hate him. Where do you stand with JHI? I really love this guy. I I am a JHI fan, and uh, so is Kevin Hall, uh co-host on, on, on the Fantasy Edge. We, we both are on the JHI bandwagon. Um, I for a couple, with some good reasons too, because I feel that Ryan Tannehill. Okay, let's face it, Ryan Tannehill is not your superstar quarterback. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill should revert into a more of a game manager quarterback and let Jay Ajayi carry this team. Yeah, sure, throw your few passes to Devontae. Uh, the, you know. Uh, Monte Parker and, and throw throw your bombs to Jarvis Landry and all the other guys and he's got and he's also got uh, um, Julius Thomas coming in there so I say just I say let Ajayi carry this team and and Ryan Tannehill besides Ryan Tannehill he's he's got some injury issues going on right now so he can't really do anything more than be a uh, a game managing quarterback. You don't want to uh, the way quarterbacks are these days. You know they're fragile in the NFL. So yeah, 100% on board. AJ Ajayi. Yeah, I don't. You know me. I think we talked about this trade last year before I made it in Dynasty. I sold Jay Ajayi. Um, a week or so before the playoffs and decided, you know, he, he wasn't going to be worth what was given up for him. And so he gave me a first round pick this year that actually turned in the letter. Uh, no, which one I turned that pick into Mike Williams. That was good at the time, <laughs> but I'm hoping it will still be good down the stretch. Um, but he also gave me like a second round pick, which I ended up flipping for Matt Ryan, which was, which seems kind of crazy. And then, so like the value I got back for Jay Ajayi, who, who look, it was like 60% of his yards last year came on, came in what those three big 200 yard games. Yeah. Two of those were against Buffalo. I mean, I know he plays Buffalo twice again this year, but come on. To me, he just he just seems more of a a plotter. Like, and he just kind of had a couple big, huge games. If he didn't have those games, even if you give him like a hundred, hundred and fifty yards, like it really limits. It really lowers his value enormously. Just give him normal good games, and you're looking at him going, eh. He's okay. Mm. But you're talking like 200 and 250-yard games. That really can bloat your stats. That kind of reminds me of a couple years ago when Ben Roethlisberger had those two six-touchdown games in a row, and everybody was looking at his end-of-the-year stats and going, oh, my God. Well, he had 12 touchdowns in two games and like 1,000 yards in two games. Yeah, of course, his end-of-the-year stats are going to look incredible. And he got overdrafted, and because of it, fantasy owners suffered. 
and I don't I don't like his ADP right now. I mean, it, it's it's basically first round, uh, and and that scares me. So I I don't think I can do it. Um, so AJ having some technical difficulties. Let me see if he's back on the line here. AJ, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right. So yeah. So what's your thoughts on on JHI? You know his his ADP right now overall um, is 15. So he's borderline first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? I'm not gonna reach for him at 15. Um. I mean, like he said, I, he had two really huge games against the same team. Um, I, I don't see him putting up 400-plus yards against Buffalo this year. I just don't. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I mean, if you take those games away, I, I don't really know what you're getting out of him. I mean, he was so inconsistent last year. Um, yep. I don't I don't understand why he's he's ranked so high. Um I mean, and I like the guy. I, you know, I'm a Boise State fan. I liked him in college, and I, I was glad he got into, you know, into the NFL and got a chance to, to play. But I don't think he's a, a top tier back. I mean, he's sitting at tier two on fantasy pros. But you know, I would definitely be happy taking a Jordan Howard or DeMarco Murray, you know, a, a Marshawn Lynch ahead of him. Um, I, I'm just not buying into it. You might, you might be the only one there with Lynch, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a few guys for me that look. I'm even I'm even more interested in a Todd Gurley almost at this point. And Gurley doesn't really excite me, but if I'm gonna have to reach, actually, Gurley's. We'll see. So Gurley's the next running back off the board, but he's a he's a full like, and he's a full half around later. So, to me, like you know, the, but see, like I'm I'm throwing Miller back up there. I'm throwing Crowell up there too. I like Crowell so much more. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, Crowell's another one I like very much. And uh, you know, but I, I mean, look, we've done our mocks, and Ajayi's gone in the first round in both of them, mm-hmm. and that's just crazy to me. Um, <laughs> no, I don't even know who took him, but I'm not going to call him out, but it's that, like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see it. I just do not see it with him. Um, but we shall see It's a long season. So, um, <clears throat> so, so that might be some running backs that we're avoiding. So I'm like running backs, like, single running backs. But there are, as we know, situations, I will call them, in the NFL with just full-blown committees. And these, in my opinion, are nine times out of ten situations that you just want to avoid. Richard, give me one or two just entire teams where you are avoiding the running backs altogether. Well, I was, I'm, I'm still, it's still under consideration now. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, um, I was avoiding that, but now 
um, with the Dixon situation of uh, being probably out for the season with the torn meniscus uh, surgery and the suspension that was supposed to be landed on top of that looks like he's going to be he's going to have he's going to be uh, nowhere this season. Um, Baltimore is one that I would have mentioned, but I think uh, I think. I think the weirdest one, but the one that I'm really watching, but I'm sort of avoiding it, is the Washington Redskins because of this. Um, it's it's kind of a two-headed monster with with Chris Thompson there, and Chris Thompson often go, goes in on second down. Sometimes you see Chris Thompson on first down. So um, I don't think there's really an a true early down back to emerge. Plus there's a competition for the job right now. And um, Kelly's holding it, but at the moment, but you know, Perrin's probably going to take it down the road. So uh, I'm a little off Washington this year. All right. AJ, what about you? Yeah. Washington was one I was, I was steering clear of as well. Um, But the one that I, I'm going to go with here is the New York Giants. Uh, I mean, I just feel like they're they're always just a messy situation. Uh, you know, you just don't know what you're getting there. You don't really know who the main guy is. I feel like half of the time, uh, one week it's it's one guy, the next week it's this up and coming rookie nobody knows anything about and he doesn't do anything. Um, you know, the week after that, it's some you know, send-off from New England. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just feel like there's, there's so much, you know, so many questions out there uh, for, for what, you know, for, for them to supposedly be this, you know, pretty good offense. I just don't think their running game is that good. And I, I was pretty high on Rashad Jennings last year. Um, but, you know, overall, he was he was pretty disappointing. Oh, um, Paul Perkins was pretty good, AJ. Last couple so. games, he definitely was. Last couple games, he was pretty good. But, I mean, just looking at well, – I don't even know if I'd call it – he had 100-yard game. And out of those last – Five games, call it. He had seven for 38, 15 for 45. He doubled his carries and only went seven more yards. I mean, that's that's not good. Uh, you know, the next game against Detroit, 56 yards. The game after that at Philly, 68 yards. And then he busted off a 21 for 102 against Washington. So I, I'm not going to bank on one game. Um, you know, Rashad, Rashad at least got touchdowns. Uh, he only had three, but he didn't have a hundred yard game. So there's that. Um, I'm just staying away from New York. Yeah. I think generally for me, I am staying away from New York too. Perkins interests me only because his ADP is just crazy low right now. And you can basically get him for free him and Gallman, like, or Galman, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. They're, they're both, like, dirt cheap in drafts. Uh, you can take a chance on them, and it costs you nothing. 
Uh, but I mean, look, Perkins, the thing that I like about Perkins is it wasn't so much that like he had the gaudy yardage totals and like he didn't score. So there's that. Uh, but the yards per yards per uh, uh, yards per carry here were were good. I mean, he was over five twice, four point five another time, four point nine the next time. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You know, if he can if he can take over and be the guy there and have that kind of yards per carry total, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, but for me, it's uh, my number one here is is New Orleans. And I just I don't know what to think of this situation. You know, they had Ingram, who really did nothing wrong. This guy always performed when they gave him the ball. I don't understand what is wrong with Sean Payton that he doesn't want to just ride Ingram. Um, so they bring in Adrian Peterson. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. A one-two punch. You can deal with that. But then they they draft this uh, Aiken kid, and you're like. What in the world? <laughs> so now there's three fairly decent backs in this in this offense that has never really had a running back one anyway. I mean Ingram was close a couple of years ago, but they they I don't think they can support this many running backs. So I'm just shying away, and it seems like most people are anyway. Ingram's still up there, I think. What's his ADP right now? Probably in the twenties for running backs. Yeah, um, actually, actually, he's fifteenth for running backs in standard. That's crazy high for somebody who, who might see twelve carries a game. You know they're going to feed AP the ball. Like you don't sign Adrian Peters and not give him the ball. So Ingram's going to get what twelve carries a game at best. And then AP is going to come in and steal the other half, and then this rookie is going to come in and steal a whole bunch more. It it's just a it's just an, a bad situation, and I'm staying away from it. And and I yeah. think I think I have to I say this last one. Sorry, go ahead, Richard. I was just going to say that it's hard to find the line. Usually, I draw the line. I consider 18 plus touches is sort of the line where I think that's that's a uh, you know the where you're in high touch in the in the high touch range for a game, so I can't use Peterson for 18 touches uh, in in very many games. Um, maybe maybe two or three, but you know you just don't know. You see, this is the big unknown. Actually, uh, to AJ's point, I would have rather seen Adrian Peterson go to the Giants. Maybe I, I mean he would have gotten the ball there. Yep. You you know if he's going there, he would have been the guy, no question. Yep. Perkins would have been the third down, you know, uh, and and relief guy, um, you know, and then all these other guys they have would just be there, could just be in Jersey. Yeah, I, I do I do agree with that a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna finish up this. This discussion here, and just say that, we're, are we all avoiding New England, right? I mean, I know everybody seems to be on the Gillisley train for some reason, but it's New England, right? Like, we still can't really trust New England. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like to trust them, but 
I am a sucker for going and getting their guys at one point. Um, <laughs> and it's like I always pick the wrong guy in, in daily. Um, I'll pick uh, Deion Lewis, and he's coming off of a, you know, a three-touchdown, you know, ten-touch game. But he had a ton of yards and, and a ton of catches. Um, and, and I'll go with him, and he'll get, like, two yards. And, uh, you know, the other guy, with uh, James White, will, will run through and, and have a game. So, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're subject to Bellatrix. Uh, yeah, this. right. <laughs> uh, it's true. You're subject to Bellatrix, but I really like Mike Gillisley. In fact, I like him. <laughs> I would have liked it if he stayed with uh, Buffalo. He was an awesome handcuff. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. And 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 look, I mean, I own him in Dynasty, so like, I have to. I might have to figure out when to use him. That's going to be the trick. It's always like when to use these guys, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. They've got, obviously, White, and they've got Deion Lewis. They let Blunt go. So they bring in Burkhead, and then they bring in Gillisley. It's like, who's getting the ball when? Which games are they going to decide to actually run the ball? Which games are they going to decide to just pass the ball the entire game? I despise the New England Patriots for <laughs> fantasy, unless it's Tom Brady. Because like, you know Tom Brady's getting his no matter what, Right. Like it's just gonna, he's just going to. I don't touch Gronkowski. Not even close. Not even close. I'm going to spoil the tight end preview right there. I don't touch Gronkowski. He goes way too early for my for me. But mm-hmm. um, it. Yeah, I mean Gronk's usually pretty solid when he's in there, but it's that's the question. And all right, we need to move on. Um, <clears throat> so rookies. Rookies, 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 rookies. This is all we hear about for running backs. The rookie gets drafted. He gets signed. He's obviously the next the next guy for that team, right? But really, I mean, are we getting – are we letting a couple guys in the last couple seasons kind of blow up rookies? I mean, is this, is this the Mike Trout effect? for rookies in, in football, you know, you get the Zeke. And so now everybody's going, oh, Fournette, McCaffrey, Mixon, Cook. These guys were drafted in the first two rounds. They've got decent situations. They're great talents. They're going to be the guy, right? I mean, Fournette's ADP is 11 for running backs. I mean, I mean, Richard, Let's we'll, we'll start here, and, and let's just give like a minute on each guy here. Fournette, what are you I thinking admit, about Fournette? Well, okay, Fournette, just, qu- just quickly. Um, I think he's in a good situation because Blake Bortles, they want to make him more of a game manager quarterback. That's already been stated that they want to uh, make this a running team. So um, I think that's probably why Fournette is probably getting a lot of attention in fantasy and uh, going so high in the, in mock drafts. I I like him, but I don't think he's a first round. I think he's somewhere on the somewhere around the turn. You can take him, but I I am not rushing out to get him. Uh, yeah, I mean, keep in he's mind, not first I, round I, like like Zeke. 
Yeah, well, yeah. So keep in mind when I said eleven, he's the eleventh running back. So his his ADP is like end end of the second round in most leagues. Yeah, and this is standard. Yeah. I, I'm doing standard. It's okay. It's it's not it's not exactly a dice throw. Does it? You know you're getting you know you're getting quality. So, but you know we've seen what what's happened with. With Jaguar quarter uh, running backs that uh, come into the come into the league or a situation and they get hyped up and get a bit of a fall off. Yeah, AJ, what do you think of Fournette here? Yeah, I think Jacksonville has still a few years uh, away from really contending. Uh, I, I do think he's going to be a big part of that. Um, but, you know, he, he had a lot of injuries to deal with in college. When he was healthy, he was a beast. But, you know, that still worries me. And obviously with all the running back injuries we dealt with last year, it's still a problem. So that's what worries me the most. Is, is the injury potential for him and where you have to, to draft him. Yeah, like I said, you know, it, it's a little early for me. Uh, I, I have a tough time trusting rookies. Uh, look, I had a tough time trusting Zeke last year, and he clearly proved me wrong. So one of these guys is going to prove me wrong, but I, I probably won't reach for where any of these guys are. Um the next guy going off the board in in ADP is Christian McCaffrey, and he's at number 17 for running backs. Or no, no, no I'm sorry, uh, looking at the wrong thing here. Number 14 for running backs. It's 32 overall. You know, he goes into a situation with with Carolina where they've they've had a struggling running back and Jonathan Stewart for the last two years, can't stay healthy. And I mean, this guy's a playmaker, but I also think he's a bit of a tweener when it comes to being, you know, for size wise for running back. Um, You know, I don't know if he's really going to be able to run in between the tackles and can Cam Newton really drop the ball off to him enough to make it to make him valuable in fantasy and and that's the big question to me i'm not really sold i think i'm intrigued but i'm not sold i want to see it before i you know slide him up the rankings where a lot of people have him richard what do you think i don't trust him i i I really think uh of all the rookies uh the uh, of the highest ones and the highest ones, I think he's the most likely to bust myself. Um, I, I really, really am not on McCaffrey. Um, I'm, I'm actually a, a little bit surprised that they actually drafted a player like this, but it appears that the Panthers are changing their team philosophy, their offensive philosophy here. They're trying to keep Cam Newton from, uh, in the pocket and doing what he's supposed to do, which is uh, passing the ball. So, which McCaffrey is a uh, uh, 
he's good at. And so was this other guy who's sort of a wide receiver running back, uh, Curtis Samuel. So I, you know, I'm, I'm of all the rookies, uh, the high ones, uh, McCaffrey is my least interested one. I'm not, I, I, you know, McCaffrey, for whatever reason, he was like such a big talk in the, the draft. Um, and, and I mean, I do like where he is. I like the situation for him, but I mean, I don't want to say he's a gimmick guy, but he, he's just a, he's an all around talent. So, I feel like uh, I feel like he's going to be able to be pretty reliable, but I still think you have to reach on him to get him, and and, and I just don't know if you're going to get that that production. So I mean, as far as where you're drafting him, you know, he he's probably going to be a second running back for for most of the people, but. I don't know what, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just not, I'm not big on it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, they also brought in that other running back, uh, well, running back slash H back slash receiver, slash who knows, um, you know, Curtis Samuels, right? I'm blanking on yeah. there right now, but yeah. So you know, two guys that kind of do the same thing. I don't know. Um, next guy off the draft board for rookies here is Joe Mixon, and look, honestly, out of these four guys, I think he's one of the better. I think he's one of the best talents. He may actually be better than Fournette talent-wise. Um, I'm just, I'm just not really sure. If the Bengals are truly going to give up, you know, their running game to him, and I, 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 I'm just not really sure with him. And so again, there's just question marks for me with Mixon. You know, I mean, Hill hasn't been good, but he's He's not dead. Um, Bernard's hurt going into the season. So that definitely opens the door for Mixon there. But I don't know. I mean, he has – to me, he has more potential than McCaffrey. Um, But I'm still not sure I I fully trust him over some of these – some of some of the other guys that are getting drafted around him, you know, he he's right there next to the hides and the wares and and um, you know right there next to Crowell and sometimes he goes ahead of him and, and things like that. So, um, Richard, what's your feelings on on Mixon? Uh, I know how you feel about the Bengals rotations. I don't really like how they rotate uh, running backs there. Um, you're right, Bernard is hurt, and he might miss the first couple of games of the season, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that would give Mixon uh, an open door to perhaps change Marvin Lewis's thinking on how to use this guy. I mean, if he's doing well, 
mean, Jeremy Hill, uh, yeah, he's falling off. But I think uh, with Bernard out, you can sort of have a – you've got Mixon and you've got uh, – Mixon can catch too. So um, I think it gives I think it gives a lot of opportunity for him. And then you just uh, you just bring in uh, Jeremy Hill for change of pace. And, uh, and, if, and then hopefully they don't rush uh, Bernard back, you know, because he's coming off – He's coming off kind of a serious injury there, so I'm 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 okay with Mixon. Mixon's Mixon's a good pick from where he from where he stands. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know too much about this guy other than the negatives that I've heard about him. Um, you know, from from all his character issues and that sort of, of, of you know information that was put out there during the draft, but you know. If the guy's a talent, then I think he can he can succeed. Um, you know, draft wise, I think I think I'm okay with where he's going. And if he is the the best of the rookies, I feel like he's on the best the best team probably of the rookies to deal with. So that helps him as well. But. You know they they have a good offense there, you know not that that Carolina doesn't, um, or or really the Jacksonville doesn't for that matter. They've got solid receivers there, um, so I I don't know. I, I'm kind of up and down on the guy. Like I said, I just don't know enough about him to really be that confident. Um, but if he's sitting there and you know. I need a second running back. I'll take a flyer on him if it works. And it's not really taking a flyer, it sounds like. But, you know, I'll roll the dice with him. So the last of the big four is Dalvin Cook. And being an ACC fan, Junior Tech, we know him all too well. Um, He, you know, ate up a lot of people this year. Uh, playing for Florida State, <clears throat> goes into an interesting situation where Minnesota lost their big running back, Adrian Peterson. They brought in Latavius Murray to kind of be the guy, or at least we thought. But I don't think Minnesota thought for a second that Cook was going to be there in the second round when they drafted. So it was kind of that, well, we got to take this guy, right? I mean, like, Cook could be a, you know, a, a stud for years. And but you you have to think you've still got McKinnon who yes is not going to be a full time you know he's never going to be able to carry a full load we've figured that out by now but he could be the type of guy that you know really runs away with this job and Murray just kind of becomes a short yardage back McKinnon becomes pass catcher uh, you know what are your all's thoughts about Cook here in Minnesota? Uh, Richard, you go first. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Dalvin Cook. I have been on the hype train, and I've been off the hype train. I've been on the hype train and off the hype train on this guy all offseason. I cannot wait for the preseason to get an eye test on this guy. Um, He's got a lot of good reports. And first of all, I have to say from the top, the Vikings were last in rushing in the NFL in 2016. Now, to me, that says a lot about the uh, 
offensive line more than anything. I mean, Jarek McKinnon, okay, he's not that great of a back, but he's not that bad. I mean, he could break one game, you'd think. And so I think there's a lot to do with the offensive line. Now, they brought in uh, they brought in some new guys. I think they got a new center, uh, they, and they're shuffling guys around. But the good news about Dalvin Cook is that he's a player – that can find holes that aren't there. So he, he, he's used to playing uh, well um, with a bad offensive line. Now, uh, NFL is different. That's the case. So I'm waiting for the eye test on Dalvin Cook. I'm positive. I'm staying positive. But uh, that's where I stand with him. Yeah, I like Cook a lot. Um and Minnesota, you know, I thought he was actually going to go to Green Bay with the first pick of the second round. Um, but ESPN even kind of messed up on that and, like, threw it up there that, like, Green Bay was picking him, uh, which was really weird. Um, I don't know what they were thinking, but it was in the background when they were closing out the draft. Um, but Minnesota actually traded up to get him because Green Bay passed on him, stupidly, I think, and then let him just fall and fall and fall, and the, the, the next few teams after him weren't looking for a running back. I was really hoping he would have fallen to Philly um, or that they would have pulled what Minnesota did to trade up and get the guy. But, you know, they didn't. They, they lost out on it. But um, I, I think he, he's going to be a powerful back. He's gonna get he's gonna get decent yardage, um, and he's, he's gonna he's gonna run through some people, and I think he's gonna get a lot of touchdowns too. This could be a, a situation where we see Murray as more of the you know twenties, the guy between the twenties, and then Cook kind of comes in to be more of the guy at the goal line. Um, Let me ask Minnesota, you this. Though. Let me ask you this, though. How far from the bottom does Dalvin Cook and the backfield raise the Vikings from last in the league to to where in the league? Just how would you – where would you project that if you want to – if I can see? Well, I mean, getting Murray and Cook together is definitely an upgrade. I, I, I think it puts them, you know, potentially in the, the – lower teens as in like, you know, in the 15 to 20 range at least. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I think they, you know, they're getting Bridgewater back as well this year. I would assume that he's probably going to be the starter, but, you know, Bradford wasn't that bad, you know, covering for him. Um, so I, I think that'll be an interesting you know, battle that we'll see in, in preseason as well. Um, but that could dictate how well they do as well. Because Bridgewater, I feel like, can, can get out. He can stretch the field a little bit more out of the pocket and get some runs set up as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like this backfield now much better than, you know, the, the mashup backfield they had without Peterson. Yeah, to me, the the big thing that's going to bring them up, not so much just Dalvin Cook, is the two tackles they signed 
in free agency, Mike Remmers and Riley Reef. Um, I mean, the Vikings O-line, as Richard alluded to, was was pretty awful. Um, and it was graded as, if not the worst, one of the worst in the league last year. So to, to sign two pretty good tackles, although they did lose Matt Khalil, that's a pretty big loss. You know, they, they signed two good ones, and, uh, you know, they, they returned one of their other uh, only good offensive linemen. So th- there's, there's, there's room for optimism with Dalvin Cook. Uh, but I agree with Richard. I want to see – I'm ready for the preseason almost just to watch these – almost just to watch these rookies run and, and see kind of how they're going to be able to hit the hole and fit in and um, – I'll say the the last thing I'll cook I want to say is you got to be aware of the fumbles. The one thing I do remember from him at Florida State is he fumbled a lot. And yeah. so that that could – I mean, you want to talk about how fastest way to lose your job in the NFL, you fumble the ball. So you've got to be careful with that. So the last group, I'm just going to lump all these guys in together. And, Richard, you tell me your favorite one and why. So we got Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, um, uh, Joe Williams of Green Bay. Um, we got Mac from Indy, and we got Perrine from Washington. So out of those five guys, and maybe I'm leaving somebody off that you like better, but out of those kind of, you know, they're not they're not part of the four stud guys. Who do you like the most? Um, I guess. Uh, I'm torn between a couple, but I guess I'll go with Kareem Hunt um, for the simple reason that I feel that wear is uh, wearing down. I, I, he fell off like the last uh, the last eight games of the season. The only problem I have is that um, Andy Reid is slow about putting rookies in the front job, so. That's the only that's the only scare I have about Kareem Hunt is Andy Reid and how he handles rookies. So, um, but I'll, st- I'll 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 go with Kareem Hunt. I have a close second, but I won't mention him. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, and it's, uh, it's Jamal Williams, Joe Williams, with San Francisco's backup. Yeah, that's right. We, we ran into that uh, the other week. <laughs> we had a. A massive uh, back and forth. Um, I do like Hunt. I, I think he he has some good ability. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, Andy Reid is is Andy Reid. So you never know what you're getting there, and, and when he's going to finally start to play guys. Um, but I I'm going to go with uh, with Mr. Marlon Mack there. Uh, I think he's. He's a guy you can get, you know, fairly. Um, you know, Fantasy Pros has him as a consensus running back number fifty-eight. Um, and, and you got to look at who's in front of him. You know, Frank Gore is still getting it done, but I think he's finally starting to show some of his age. Um, you know, he, he, you're looking at Gore as a thirty-four-year-old running back which is almost unheard of, I feel like, these days. 
as a yes. starter who's basically the main guy. Um, but but he is. Gore's been been great. Um, you know, we also have Robert Turbin there, but I, I just don't. I don't take much stock in the, in the Turbin. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think Mac is, is an explosive guy. He can. He might be able to, to weasel his way into that starting role. If, if Gore can I just can I just say something about Frank Gore that I found was a stunning stati- statistic was that at 33 he went over a thousand yards. Do you know there's only Franco Harris and John Riggins have done it at 33? Um, not surprised. That actually is really impressive. I was gonna say AJ man, no love for your boy Gore. Come on man. I I do have love for him, but I I just. <laughs> Draft him every I mean, year. <laughs> I, I know. I, I I feel like it's it's very hard for me to make that pick. But, apparently, um, apparently Lynch is, is stealing it all this year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I've moved back on. So um, now, I mean, me and Gore have had a, a long time love affair, and you know, he he's not. He he just gets it done. I, I mean. He's one of those guys where I feel like last week when we were talking about Bortles and wait till the game's over and look at his score, Frank Gore is kind of that same way. Like he could be sitting at, you know, eight points in the third quarter and you're wondering what the hell's going on. And then fourth quarter, he just somehow blows up and, and has a, you know, ends up with a 24 point game. So, you know, I still like Gore. Um, I still see him going, you know, definitely getting drafted well ahead of Mac, but Mac is, you know, a perfect handcuff option, and, and you know, he's a guy that I think could end up fighting for starting carries. Yeah. So, so real quick, I'll give mine, and I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm torn. I want to say Perrine because I'm a Skins fan, but I'm not going to because I, I just don't really like the Washington running game. Um, so I, I am going to go with Jamal Williams here. Um, I'm I'm not sold on Ty Montgomery being a a true workhorse back like some seem to think he's going to be. And the thing that gives me hope that. Williams can really be a guy that you could trust after you, you know, draft him is he's already opened camp as the number two running back. A lot of rookies have to, I'm doing air quotes right now, earn their way up the running back ranks on the teams, even if it's over, even if they are like under guys that you just clearly know they should be over by the time you know, by the time camp opens, but the Green Bay Packers just went out right at, right out and said it. He's the number two already. That means a lot. Um, so look, I, I think I think Ty Montgomery is going to open the season as a starter, but it could be a real quick leash, and maybe we see him just moving back to like wide receiver number four. Um, <clears throat> so. Moving on here, reaches and steals. Uh, Richard, we'll let you go first here. Your one reach, the guy that 
you think people are reaching on in drafts too much? Um, well, um, I think I don't understand why people are uh, drafting or drafting C.J. Anderson uh, are so keen on C.J. Anderson. Um, he's ranked at He's ranked at 46, but people are drafting him at ADP 43. Now, okay, that's not a whole big reach, but I still think C.J. Anderson, I mean, um, the new coach, Vance Joseph, has already stated, it's been well documented that he wants to have a, a committee-type situation with uh, Jamal Charles and Devontae Booker. It's, it's, it looks like that's the case, but... I don't know. People still seem to want C.J. Anderson. Yes, he's had a, four, a 4.0. Uh, he's never been below 4.0 uh, yards per carry. But, I mean, if you look at it game by game, he's had, like, one game that that really pumps that stat up. So, um, I just don't understand uh, C.J. Anderson going where he's going. I mean, it's not it's not a big reach, but uh, it's a bit high for me. Yeah, I tend to agree there. AJ, who's your reach? Well, I'm going to uh, <laughs> go against what you were saying earlier. Uh, your boy uh, Isaiah Crowell. Um, I, listen, <laughs> I do. I have that one waiting. <laughs> I, I do have. You know, I I don't want to say that I dislike Crowell. You know, I feel like he he's definitely built uh, for PPR, but I mean his biggest problem is that he plays for Cleveland, and I mean we've all seen what Cleveland's done over the last five years. Nothing. Um, they're they're going to be in games where they're behind. Obviously, there's going to be some games where they can be competitive, but I feel like the majority of games are going to get away from them. They're not going to be looking to run much. Um, but again, that's where his passing can come in. But I mean, he's going as as you know regular redraft league is the number eight running back. His strength of schedule this year is the thirtieth easiest for running back which means it's the third hardest for running backs. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think he's, he's worth the hype. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to reach for him in, you know, at, at 30, which is his current ADP. So, you know, he's going mid third round at that point. I mean, for, for just under a thousand yards, rushing and seven touchdowns. I think you can find guys that are going to get you over a thousand. I mean, he only, he only had 40 yards receiving. So it's not like, I'm sorry, 40 receptions. He had 319 yards. Um, You know, and he didn't even have any receiving touchdowns last year. So all of that hype and that high draft position for seven touchdowns. No, I'll find someone else. I'll I'll say I'll say this about Browns. They have 
by the Pro Football Focus offensive line rankings entering 2017, the Browns have the second best offensive line. And Crowell was really, really good there down the stretch last year. Um, you know, he, I don't know. He he just for some reason he proved to be rather consistent for me. Um, yeah, I mean he had a, he had his off games, but yeah, I mean you're right. There is a risk with him. To me, it's it's the guys that are getting drafted ahead of him that I'm like, why? Um, you know, the rookies that are getting drafted ahead of him, you know, stuff like that. Like I can't do that. So that's why I don't call him a reach, but I can, I can see where you're coming from. So my reach and, and Richard, I just realized I, I snaked this off of your article over a fantasy six pack. Um, Eddie Lacy. Um, <laughs> Well, he I, I, was. <laughs> he's gone up. Yeah. He's really gone up. Uh, he's almost. He's turning into a steal almost the way he's gone up. He's was ranked 52nd. He's gone up to 78. So I guess he's still. Well, he's. he's uh, I'm looking at fantasy pros. He's still got him at 62 in standard leagues. Oh. And I don't know. I just look. I'm not all about the Gillisleys. But I'm taking Mike Gillisley over him. I'm taking Amir Abdullah over him. I'm taking Doug Martin over him, even though he's suspended three games. I'm taking Bilal Powell over him, most likely. Because Powell, at least, I know is, is you know, I can, I can trust him to do something. Eddie Lacy, I can't trust except to fund the buffet line. Like, I can't. I just can't do it with this guy. I mean, how many more times are we going to get fooled by him? Every year we come in to the to the season, and we're going, "Oh, Eddie Lacy looks good again. He's lost all this weight, blah blah blah." And then the end of camp in week two, you're going, "It just looks fat again." Like it just it doesn't matter. I'm I'm done with Eddie Lacy. Prove me wrong. That he has to prove me wrong for him to draft him. I won't do it again. <laughs> so those are our reaches. Um, Richard, who is the guy who you're looking at that is a, a your biggest steal right now? Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Crowell, yes, we're going back to Isaiah Crowell. I'm not gonna let this rest. He's uh, ranked twenty five AJ. He's got he's got a good running like you said, Joe, he's got uh, a running line. There's there's no quarterback. They're going to have to game manage. Uh, yeah, I always hear the same old song that oh they're going to have to they're going to have to open up the passing because they're going to be always far behind. But I'll tell you one thing about the Cleveland Browns. This is a competitive football team. Now there's one thing when I looked at San Francisco 49ers and the uh, the now Los Angeles Rams. Those teams weren't competing, and I looked at I looked at Todd Gurley, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out. This team, this team, this Cleveland Brown team is a competitive football team. They didn't win a game until after the after their bye week in week 13, but this team competes, and I really believe in Isaiah Crowell, and I am happy, happy to draft Isaiah Crowell. I don't think he's a reach at all. I think he's a steal. 
Agreed. Totally disagree. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like we're going to be getting him in our in our drafts, AJ. Uh, not yeah. that you're. Not that you're going to be sad about that. All right, AJ. Who's your Who's your steal? Um, I I got a couple of guys here. Um, just because you know I can't always pick one person. Um, first guy I have is is Danny Woodhead. Um, you know I know he's coming off injury, but he, to me, I think he's in a really good position in Baltimore. Um, you know, they they need somebody that can come out of this backfield and be what Ray Rice used to be out of the backfield and catch balls and get yards for him. You know, he's been such a weapon in the past as it is. You know, obviously he missed um, – did he miss all of last season or the majority of last season from his injury for, uh, for the Chargers? Uh, he uh, I mean, got hurt in, I think, week two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he played at least. It was really early. It. I remember the big blow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he he's somebody that you can get fairly late. Um, not anymore. And I think he <laughs> – well, yeah, not with not with Dixon. That's going to change that, big time with that, Aaron's West. That does bump him up a lot. But, you know – I still think that he's he's going to be a steal for whoever gets him, uh, no matter when they get him. Um, the other guy I have here is uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, he was a guy that that you know I I think had a lot of promise going into last year, and you know we've seen in the past Demarco injury, uh, yeah Demarco injury, uh, Demarco Murray get injured. Um, and and Henry stepped in, you know, definitely uh, admirably for him last year. Um, and he's a nice change of pace back too. So I still think he's going to get his carries even with Demarco being healthy. Um, so definitely keep an eye on Henry. He's a he's a great handcuff, but I also think that he has value as, you know, as a definite flex play. Yeah, I was surprised. I did a mock uh, last week on Thursday with the guys over at Fighting Chance Fantasy, and uh, I got him super late. I was, I was all the time I looked down at the draft board. I was like, whoa, it's like the 10th round, and Henry's still sitting there. Uh, it, it, was, it seemed really late. I actually had Murray, too, so it was, like, perfect. Um, anyway, my, my steal is going to be Jeremy Hill. And I guess that's not too much of a surprise considering I said I'm not really sure how Cincinnati's just going to give up on Jeremy Hill right now. I mean, he, look, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad either. And um, his ADP is so ridiculously low right now. 140 overall. <laughs> it's almost laughable. Like, it's almost like he's not even getting drafted. Like, that's how, that's how low it is. He's actually – Below, well, now, now see, this doesn't make any sense. So, he's the 48th running back off the board. Giovanni Bernard is the 47th running back off the board. But I guess somehow the ADP, like the overall ADP, actually has Bernard lower than Hill. That's confusing to me. But regardless, he's going around the same level as Giovanni Bernard, who's, who's hurt. He's not even playing right now. 
And who I, there's no guarantee that he's going to be ready to start the year. Like, that's the way it sounds. So, I don't know. Hill, to me, is a huge bargain, and he's basically free. Why not take the risk? Uh, I just wanted to make so, a point about you you're talking about Derrick Henry. Uh, I really – I completely agree with Derrick Henry as a, as a steal. He's a good he, – he's a, he's a good steal, too, because um, – uh, I just feel that they're going to work him in a little bit more on the Titans this this season. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of passing going on in, on that team this season, but they're still going to have a good running game. Um, the Titans actually, as a team, are one to watch. And Kevin Wall uh, pointed out that the Titans um, uh, had in our mock draft the the most. The most players in our mock draft came from the Titans. Um, that was the that was the heaviest team that got, that huh. got drafted. That's very interesting. <laughs> I did not notice yeah. that. I, I we we talk about the Titans all the time. We, so far, you know, Mario's gotten a lot of love. You know, we all seem to like the Titans' running game. I'm sure the receivers are going to get some talk next week too. Yeah, uh, it, it's a uh, it's a very interesting team. There's a lot of players. We'll see how the ball gets distributed between all of them. But they could be a very, very good offense. Uh, I do like them a lot. Anyway, Richard, that's all we got for the show tonight. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you want yep. to let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, yep, at Seville on Twitter. And also... I'm having um, uh, Alex Hamrick, one of our uh, writers at FantasySixPack.net, on the uh, on the show this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, destination ADP 150. So we're looking at we're looking at players that are deep picks uh, this week, plus all the news and other stuff that we we'll talk about. Kind of like what you guys are doing this show. And thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's yeah, great man. to be on again. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for coming on. And, you know, we had you on because you wrote the running back preview, as I kind of alluded to. So I uh, wanted to give you some air time to share the knowledge. So, yeah, thanks again. And we will definitely have you on sometime later this season. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, man. All right. All right. Have, have a good one. All right, so once again, that was Richard Seville, FantasySixPack.net, content manager for Fantasy Football. Uh, he's got the podcast over there. I believe they do. Uh, they don't do them live anymore, but they're posted usually sometime Friday on the site. So make sure you go and check those out. They're always good. Uh, so, anyway, man, that's all I've got. You got any other uh, information you want to share for – Running backs or anything else going on that we didn't talk about? Um, no, I mean just keep an eye on on the, the fantasy baseball trade deadline. Uh, well, the the major league baseball trade deadline and how it affects right. your fantasy guys. Um, I mean, there's been so many trades already. I, I feel like this is the the earliest that this many have really gone through. Um, not not a, a ton of big names yet, but uh, no. a lot in the conversation. 
Um, I, I still feel like Sonny Gray is probably going to get dealt. Um, I mean, there was talk of you Darvish maybe getting dealt. I, heard I don't that know if today. I see that, but you, you never know. Um, probably, you know, a, a plethora of relievers will be getting dealt. Pat Neshack is, is the tops to get dealt, I'm sure. Um, so just keep an eye out. You know, it's it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys go. And, you know, I feel like trade deadline has passed in most leagues. But uh, if it hasn't passed in your league, then – you know, jump on it and try to get some of these guys before before they get to their new destination because they, they could definitely help you out down the stretch. Yeah, and of course, you know, to add to that, we've got a lot of these prospects coming up. Like, I, you know, I mentioned Mankata got the call up today. I haven't really been able to pay a whole lot of attention. Now. Because we're losing 4 to nothing, so I'm guessing he hasn't done a whole lot. And then, you know, we got Devers that came up from the Red Sox, although that's going to be an interesting situation because they just traded for Eduardo Nunez today. And, I mean, they, they call up Devers, then they get they trade for Nunez a day later. So that's that almost seems like a waste of calling up Devers at this point at the age of 20 and starting his major league clock when he may just get sent right back down. Um, but uh, the Astros called back up one of their good outfielders, I'm forgetting the name. Um, Derek Fisher. Yeah, Derek Fisher. Uh, the first stop for Milwaukee got called back up, although he's more of an outfielder, Lewis Brinson. Um, you know, they, they've got there's, – there's a lot of guys that are coming back up too, and it's always this second time back up that I feel like – something can click for these guys more so than the first time. I mean, it even happened to Trout. So we'll, we, you know, keep an eye on these guys. I still am. It's still hard for me to trust them this season, a lot of them, but you know, we've also seen, it's almost more like the unknown, like more of the unknown guys come up and just kind of fly under the radar, you know, become decent fantasy at, assets down the down the road uh here as we close out the season the, usually for some reason these like top top prospects it's maybe because they get called up too early because they just hammer the miners but they come up too early maybe and they can't handle it or i don't know but uh i have a tough time trusting them and, and dumping you know somewhat valuable players for them just to take the risk but uh like we've seen it happen, so it, it, but def, you know, keep an eye on these guys. They're going to be fun to watch. Anyway, that's all I've got for the show. Next week, we've got Dennis Sosick from FantasySixPack.net and so-called Fantasy Experts uh, on to talk wide receivers. So next week, eight thirty, as always, and we will see you then. All right. Have a good night. <laughs>